looks like it's happening. Looks like I'm back in the game. I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's speechless because I, I just saw uh, an Amazon delivery person carrying a, a big box while riding a unicycle. And also, just before I started to record, I saw this unusual vehicle. Uh, Burley Street legal. Uh, it was very off-road, very, very off-road profile. What's happening? <laughs> What's happening here? What, what, what kind of reality is this? I do enjoy it. I mean, this is what I came here for. I came to explore um, parts unknown. I'm in the shopping district. Kurfürstendamm. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so bad with uh, German pronunciation. Yeah, um, I'm here. Uh, I, I came with no agenda. I came with just just uh, need to to leave the house for uh, a couple of hours. My my girlfriend gave me a incentive or encouragement to to leave the house um, many hours prior to the appointment I've got later in the day. Just to, to chill out, just to walk around as I, as I really like to do. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm walking freely, roaming, uh, like, like in the old days, uh, before life became more difficult, more complex. And I really enjoy it. I mean, I already had a number of adventures here. I, um, this area is notorious for uh, difficulty to find a parking spot, and I I was driving around for half an hour trying to find uh, a spot I would fit in, my car would fit in. Uh, eventually, I did find it. I started to respond to to Robin, hi Robin, <laughs> uh, on uh, on Anchor, and I realized that I, I I've lost the orientation, I, I forgot where I am, my, where my car is, and I realized that unless I retract my steps, I, I, I unless I do it now, I won't be able to find my my car later on. I'm glad I did that. There's this feature, you may, you may not know about it, but in Google Maps, you can mark your parking spot, so it's easier to find it later. That's what I did, and um, it would have been uh, really bad the car. Well, first of all, it'd be really embarrassing and extremely inconvenient. So, not just one of the little adventures. It was, it was really weird to be lost. Somehow exciting. Oh, there's so many things happening here. So those, those, those two other things: this unicycle, and the weird vehicle. But now there's more things. There's this. Uh, I don't know the, the, the name of this gig. Uh, there's a guy um, with three cups or three little boxes and, uh, and a bowl. And he's got a little carpet in front of him. I'm sure what this is doing is illegal. 
Uh, anyway, his his betting with people surrounded him, uh, surrounding him where the ball is. You know the you know what, it, what I'm talking about. Uh, and people are pointing with their feet uh, where the ball is, and I think they're betting 20 euros. The idea is to uh, to let them win a couple of times, so they will bet more. And there is this. A circle, circle of people, they all seem to be quite random, but one guy always stands up, stands out as a civilian, but he, he clearly works with him, like he's just standing next to him, and there's this very unique sense of confidence he's got. Uh, they clearly work together, and he's just uh, convincing people to, to, to do it, <laughs> to go ahead with betting. So just... Just, just looking at those guys, scamming people. I guess technically it is a scam, but uh, at the same time, uh, it's like an entertainment, I don't think. I mean, there are so many things that would be called scam those days. I mean, we're being scammed left and right. I was just, I was just scammed by, uh, by, my, by my phone company. Uh, into uh, extension of my contract. I hate that. Um, I need to pay for another year. Overpaying for uh, for my prior uh, contract without any benefits. Okay. So another adventure here. This is a uh, Apple Store, and there is a queue for uh, with about 50 people. Uh, looks really odd. I, I'm not gonna participate. And there's a Apple expert measuring temperature. Uh, that looks really, really uncomfortable. I don't want to go ahead with this. I, I thought I would visit Apple Store because I want to check out the, uh, the, the iPad. Relatively new iPad. Uh, iPad Pro. I don't know why I'm thinking of upgrading. I, I've got an iPad Pro that I, that I use and I get no complaints, but I, I do I do like the new features. And I'm really tempted to get an upgrade. I don't know why am I investing so much energy and time into even thinking about this. My, uh, I've got no budget for it anyway. Maybe it's good I didn't make it. Let's just walk around. Let's let's not waste our time on the shops, shall we? A lot of people. A lot of, a lot of different masks. Some are uh, traditional uh, surgery masks. There are some designer masks as well. Some heavy duty. And every now and then you will see. Uh, someone who is really taking this over the top, taking it to the next level, uh, like walking around in a hoodie with a face shield and uh, N95 heavy duty mask with bands, uh, wearing gloves of course. Normally I would feel, uh, I think it's a, it's a funny silly thing but, but lately I'm thinking it's, it's kind of a sad see you know someone being so uh, severely affected by by this whole thing 
it's just triggering certain fears unrelated to Corona. It's just really vulnerable, and I think this is uh, it's just affecting them greatly. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. It's a shame on, on some level. I think that. That I, I didn't keep uh, a journal or a diary on uh, the subject of Corona alone. As we all know, there was so much of disinformation around this topic. Uh, narrative is changing almost every week. I, I think there were very different ways how I felt about this whole thing as well. And it would have been interesting to to study the level of fear, anxiety, uh, disbelief, doubt. Right now I'm seeing a lot of doubt, you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people just being tired and bored of those limitations. Uh, the way how uh, talking about remote work became a small talk, pretty much. So it's like, on one hand, people are tired of talking about it, um, oh, but at the same time, it's a relevant topic that's affecting us all. Well, just like talking about the weather, I guess, right? It's affecting us, but we're tired of talking about it. So it's, uh, it's an excellent, it's an excellent uh, small talk topic. Lots of anger. Did I mention the anger last time? especially in this area. This is where I was shout out, shout, shout, shouted at <laughs> um, a couple of months ago. Uh, but actually for the first time, a very severe uh, example of road rage in a car park. I was driving very slowly and the guy uh, just lost it. He just started to shout at me. I was mostly concerned about his his heart. It looked like he would be getting into some kind of a heart attack, seizure, whatever. Strange. But then, yeah, I felt really uh, uncomfortable. I didn't have any empathy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how emotions change over time and how it's easy to lose track of them. easy it is to focus on ideas, thoughts that are hardly ever that original, I dare to say. This is, this is a world where we are mostly rehashing somebody else's ideas. It's a world where we're encouraged to think in very binary terms, you know, left and right. You know what I mean, like very radical, very, very radical thinking and no space for, uh, for, new, for new stands, for, uh, for ideologies in between. I always felt this is very disappointing. Anyway, I think last year I made a resolution to focus more on emotions because this is 
it is unique, this is quite, uh, it's hard to capture of any other medium. So I thought this, this podcast will be about that, I, I don't think I succeeded. And look at me now, I'm reminiscing of something that didn't happen a long time ago. Why, why am I sharing this? Anyway, we're at the front of Bikini Berlin. It's a it's a high-end shopping mall. Uh, going there to buy anything, just, just strolling. Uh, I might get some lacrys. Actually, I'm one of these people who love lacrys. You can either love it or hate it. I personally love it, and they have some high-end lacrys, of course. I, I really enjoy, but. This is lunchtime, and I probably should think more responsibly about what I what I fuel myself with today. It's going to be a long, exhausting day, exciting day. So okay, let's let's stop for now and let's, let's explore food options. So apologies for the noisy background, but I I reckon you might be also quite accustomed to. Uh, Good quality since majority of these recordings are made with mobile phone. Anyway, uh, I'll be avoiding noise from now on. I guess I knew about it, but forgot. Anyway, uh, I just had a lovely ramen uh, experience. Eating in a food hall was an experience on its own, but uh, yeah, eating ramen, looking at the soup, looking at the noodles. Uh, you know, it took me, it took me uh, somewhere, it took me uh, for a trip. It always does. I mean, flavors really can recall certain memories. It's definitely the case for me. It's funny how how we can recall a flavor. So it's funny how it works in both ways. You see what I mean? You can. You can think of a flavor and you kind of sense it, but then you can also taste the flavor and uh, it takes you uh, somewhere. It takes you back. Anyway, it was uh, it was a fun uh, walk and I'm now heading back to the car. I'm so glad I I've marked my parking location. And uh, I guess it was fun to be here, but I feel like moving to more familiar territory for the next few hours. I guess my appointment is in three hours, so we're gonna have another two hours to, uh, to walk around my old neighborhood. And I want to talk about, maybe even before we get there, I want to talk about plans. There's always so many plans and there are some ideas that uh, I keep on thinking about the idea of changing the country again and again and again. Well, I, now idea is to pick the, the right one, to, <laughs> to, to get the country for, uh, to pick a country good for living for the next 
good couple of years, not for a temporary stay. Although we, we came to Germany with that reason as well. So why why isn't uh, Germany working in, anymore for us? I guess it's a good question because it is a stable, uh, reliable, safe country, and especially in the time of a crisis like this, it seemed like unwise decision. We haven't made a decision yet, but uh, we, we really talk about it way too often. The difficult thing is to actually make a call to choose which country to go to. And we have few picks, quite different from picks we had uh, six years ago as we were moving to Germany. Back then we were looking for responsible choice as we were coming back from, uh, from Asia from our trip but mind you we went to Asia to possibly find our own spot also it's, it was this romantic idea of living on a tropical island uh, quickly it turns out it turned out that it's not that glamorous it's actually really exhausting and there's this big sense of alienation uh, as you're constantly surrounded by people who are never staying, they're always on the go um, and it's actually really hard to engage with the locals because they always consider you as someone in passing and someone really, really different from who they are. I mean, I tried, I tried, but Anyway, I, I don't think I'll be, ever be able to, to find myself uh, to, to call uh, some remote town in Malaysia uh, home. I, I, I don't think it's possible for me, personally. But anyway, as we came back from Asia, six years ago, we are looking for a uh, safe bet. You know, we, we spent all our money. We, uh, we had to restart career, our careers, and we didn't want, we didn't really want to go to UK or Ireland, mainly because of the climate. And well, uh, Germany was on the top of our list. And now I think we are looking for more risky choices, prioritizing weather, climate in general. Uh, but also, I guess, we're looking for a different lifestyle where things are a bit more relaxed. I guess it's difficult to escape uh, the drama of the world. And when moving to a, a cheap, not cheap, uh, <laughs> country that's not wealthy, um, it's vulnerable, possibly, especially with a child. It's a, it's a questionable choice, but thinking long term, staying in Germany, I think, for me personally, it means living with um, a lot of anxiety, uh, frustration, 
I don't want that. So yeah, we are thinking about some Spanish islands like uh, Mallorca or Ibiza or uh, Portugal. We've been considering Portugal before. I guess we just need a reminder. Maybe this is all what it's all about. Maybe maybe we just need a reminder that where we are is actually really good. And we just need to learn the language to engage with the local culture, way of being more. I mean, I always think that the fact that I cannot learn German is, is just, it's a symptom. It's not, it's not, uh, I need to change my attitude towards German um, culture and way of being, way of behaving. And then I will just quickly learn the language. But I think it's really funny how my mind is avoiding to memorize expressions, words, how many mistakes I'm doing after all those years. And my excuse used to be that I'm, I'm not surrounded by Germans. We don't, I don't have a necessity to speak German. But that's not true. I'm just... I'm not uh, immersed enough. If I would, if I, if I only put some effort, there would be immediate motivation to learn the language. But there is a huge mental block that prevents me from acquiring those language skills. And I think it goes way back. I was just reflecting yesterday. I hate those uh, conversations about languages in social gatherings seem to be the, the most boring topic ever but the science at sometimes it's easy to move from that topic to other topics anyway I I've made a I've made a um, statement that really makes sense I, I didn't think of that before I had really bad teacher really bad German teachers and throughout the years they would go really slowly through through the material um, and they would make an impression on me that learning German is extremely difficult and next to impossible. It's not like, like I hate German language, it's just I find it really difficult. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's a fairly simple language to learn, but my, uh, my approach is wrong. So. Maybe all, uh, all that we are about, whatever we are about to do is, we will go somewhere to appreciate what we have, and then we will just settle in more. That's that's, that's a concept, idea, wish. I'd like to get away from those hunting ideas of moving on. It's part of that wanderlust. Sorry for the noise. Uh, yeah, a lot of wanderlust lately, and this is just one expression. Uh, possibly, hopefully, uh, family travel to uh, a new home, a new homeland. But there's also this this other angle where I would like to travel on my own for, uh, for like a week at a time and 
I'd like to I'd like to be able to uh, to do some creative work in those places I would travel to like uh, you know I'd like to go to uh, Morocco like a week and to do uh, some some sort of low-key casual documentary style video project another place is Syria I, I would really like to go there Syria and Morocco those two places are on the top of my list they seem dangerous but I'm pretty sure this is not uh, there's, they're, yeah, they're not as dangerous as, as, as they seem. I'd like to go there and check. Of course, now I need to think about my family. And I cannot think only about myself. So. Still, I think it will be something important for me to do this year or year after that. I've been always really awkward around the topic of death. I, I don't really know how to process it. I don't really know what to think of it. It's an abstract idea. Uh, and the fact that it, it's been now uh, two years since since the suicide of Anthony Bourdain, um, the fact that I'm still thinking about him and the fact that he's coming up in my thoughts so uh, frequently for the last couple of weeks is, is just bizarre to me because I've never met him. I only know him as an icon, as a, as a public figure. He he's a, a very different person that I am, and I would I would want to be. Uh, yet he he really resonates with me in a certain sense, and maybe it's just sheer respect and uh, admiration to his commitment, to his talent. Maybe it's his voice, maybe it's his uh, uh, sensitivity and empathy, passion. Maybe the fact that he is, uh, he has that gen genuity uh, that I cannot really find anywhere else. He's as genuine as a person as your friend, as your, as a person you know, you know for years, you know very well, and I guess that's what I get when I read him, when I when I watch his shows, and it's even more bizarre when I when I'm still discovering new things about him. When I'm, it's only recently uh, when I started to read his books. I actually listened to his audiobooks recently. Uh, I think this is really the best way to get into his stuff because he, he reads them. So it's a very personal, uh, meaningful experience. You, you, you hear him. He's in your ears. Uh, he talks to you about his life. So it's such a great way of delivery. Uh, far better than print in, in the way how I see it. It's so strange to me that he's so continuously so important to me. And I feel truly sad and affected by his passing. I, I'm puzzled as if he was my, uh, my 
my personal friend, as if I was truly missing him every single day, which is again so strange because there are still shows I didn't see, there are still books I, I didn't read. So I think there is enough content to to make me feel as if he was still alive, he was still producing things, but maybe just the idea that one day I will go through all of his stuff, which is likely I tend to forget about what I've seen uh, if it was uh, you know, later than a few years ago. I, I, I need to re-watch things every now and then in order to remember. So I will probably re-watch his shows as they were new a um, couple of times uh, in the next decade and maybe by then I will get over him. <laughs> Um, but I will never, he will never become less uh, from what he is to me right now. I guess I really like how he used to talk about his own life, uh, how grateful he was that he he's got the best world, the best job in the world. Um, I like his awkwardness that was edited out so skillfully from those episodes. I think he was so genuine and, and human-like in those shows. Um, there was there was no acting. Uh, apparently, everything was shot with one take. Uh, everything was really pure and, and genuine. I respect that so much. I I'm re-recording some of those. Um, audio entries because I'm, I'm unhappy with my performance I'm, I'm losing train of thoughts but he, he would never do that he was always on point uh, because how committed and how focused he, he was on his work um, I just really admire his values uh, his attitude and I, I just I would like to think that he's still around, that he may uh, come up anytime with with uh, time-sensitive comments on anything that's happening right now. Like I would like to know what he thinks about coronavirus and all the the unrest in the U.S. The global unrest, actually, at this point. I just seen the the were uh, quite heavy demonstration uh, demonstrations happening over the last weekend in Berlin. Um, it's all these are all topics he would probably be very engaged with, and I'd really love to hear his poetic, uh, meaningful, rich perspective. I remember that day when I found out I was. It was exactly the day like, like this. It was a sunny summer day. I was on my own, just like today. I was I was strolling through Kreuzberg and I was walking towards Market Halle 9, which is uh, it's, it's a food market uh, with some permanent food stalls with some of the best uh, fast food you can, you can get in Berlin, I think. Uh, and my girlfriend wrote to me that he, he, um, he's dead. And I felt 
like like a, like a family member died. I felt a, a part of me was missing. But again, I'd never met him. I'd never interacted with him. Why did it affect me so much? I'm I'm certain no 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 one else is deaf. Not like no, no other public person would uh, would affect me that much with, with passing with dying. Maybe just the fact that he committed suicide, maybe that was so surprising and hard to comprehend. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't understand how a person with the best job in the world um, would like to end it. I guess his personal life was in a bit of a mess. Someone who travels uh, for the majority of the, of the year. Uh, personal life is a family life is is kind of ruined it's pretend uh, so there are definitely darker sides that he that were affecting him that he that led him to, to commit suicide but I mean how can I even try to understand his actions. In a weird way, I, I respect his decision to commit suicide. I, I'd wish he would never do that. I'd wish he would reach for help instead. But I kind of feel sometimes there is sometimes there there's a reason to end life on own terms in a certain way, and I, I don't think he was foolish. Um, he was definitely not under an influence of any drug at the time. I guess he, he just didn't want to, to carry on. And I, I, in some way I can respect that. Uh, it's very strange to me that I, that I always remember about his anniversary that that day somehow pops in my consciousness even though I, I often fail to memorize anniversaries uh, of people that are alive and people that are members of my family um, but somehow I feel on a deep level um, when this day is coming coming up uh, just recently I, I started to make this digital painting of his uh, uh, of, of him it's a, it's a portrait it's a collage um, it's unfinished so I'm not gonna publish it just yet I think I will work on it for a while and I will release it upon his uh, there's a second anniversary on the 25th it's uh, it's Anthony Bourdain day and um, I, will I will speak about that when yeah, on a different occasion, but I think this is when I would like to publish my painting. Uh, but today I just want to reflect on uh, on the world without him, uh, and the fact that I miss him, and I'm grateful for what he left behind in terms of body of work. Feel really sad about the fact that he left his 
young daughter, his mother, who passed away uh, a year later. I can only imagine what went through their minds and how much suffering they had to endure. So, yeah, it's, it's really that. And I'm sorry to end, uh, end this episode on such a low note, but sometimes this is exactly what, uh, what needs to be said in this exact placement of, uh, of this segment is exactly where it should be, I think. I want this, that type of emotion, that type of thought to resonate uh, once this episode is, is over, is done. No, I, I miss him so much. I, I am, I'm always thinking about the legacy and I, I don't claim to be nowhere near his talent. And, but this is kind of a talent that I aspire to have. I've done a number of low-key documentaries that I feel quite proud about, although I probably should rewatch them again to refresh my perspective, because maybe they're not as good as I think they are or they used to be. Maybe they're quite embarrassing, but in, uh, as a tribute to him, I would like to, uh, to go to, uh, to Syria or to Morocco to, um, to honor him. To, to do a tribute show, um, doing it my way, but uh, I would like to, to, to keep him as my muse. Uh, I think it's very strange that with his death, uh, the culinary journaling, or culinary journalism, uh, culinary travels, that the genre died um, with him. That there are still cooking shows that involve travel and different locations, but no one does it in a way he used to do. And that's what I would expect normally. That you know, it's a it's a model that works, and someone would attempt that. Uh, but no, it seems like he was he was the guy. He was uh, Mr. Rogers. Cooking. He was uh, Bob Ross of, uh, of travel stories. I miss him. I miss him very much, and I'm so happy that I I get to learn from him, and that he left so many important, timeless stories evergreen messages that are accessible and available to, to us now and future generations. I think his content will never get old. It will be always watchable and enjoyable by many in the future. <laughs>